0: Welcome to the Not Old Better Show Healthy Aging Month September special program on post-COVID travel with our special guest, Francine Falk-Allen. Today's show is brought to you by Raycon Everyday Earbuds. Our guest today, Francine Falk-Allen, is author of the excellent new book, No Spring Chicken, Stories and Advice from a Wild Handicapper on Aging and Disability. Francine Falk-Allen will offer her humorous take on navigating the complications of aging, especially when traveling. You'll love this book and our inspirational interview today. Let's listen as Francine Falk-Allen reads a passage from her book on traveling in Paris.
1: One warm summer day in Paris, we asked our hotel concierge, Benoit, how far it was to a particular restaurant, Le Petit Prince de Paris, a place we'd heard had excellent food and a fun atmosphere. We had about 15 minutes to get there. Ah, oui, it's not far, Benoit said. It will take you about five minutes. Thankful for the generous time frame, we set off, me with my cane and Richard with his boundless energy. Twenty minutes later, after walking several blocks and hiking up a moderate hill, we were still not there yet, and I was nearly exhausted. We realized that for Benoit, this was a five-minute walk, but it was about a half-mile, which for me, with my taking a break to lean against a lamppost or sit down in the sidewalk cafe every block or so, is at least a half-hour's walk. Ever since that experience, if a clerk at the airport, a concierge at a hotel, a storekeeper, or anyone else I'd expect to be able to estimate distance accurately tells me it's very close, I ask how long it takes to walk it, and then at least triple the time. I sometimes ask how many blocks, because most people cannot estimate distances very accurately. And asking, is it a quarter mile, will usually get you an answer of, oh no, it's not that far. When I hear their time estimate, which in European or city terms is for an able-bodied person who not only walks everywhere very quickly every day, but also carries groceries home in both arms, I know whether I can do it. People will often look at me with my crutches or cane and still not understand that a block is far enough, two is pushing it, and beyond that may be a hardship or necessitate allowing 20 minutes to include stops for rest or even require a car ride. On a leisurely day when Richard and I plan to stop every block or so and sit down, it's less of a problem. People don't understand walking limitations unless they've had them. Even nurses and doctors who deal with these problems on a daily basis often don't translate their knowledge into practical circumstances. An exception is my polio doctor. She totally gets it. Whenever someone tells you it's close, it's wise to be skeptical unless it's very easy for you to walk a mile or more. I don't look decrepit, so I got a lot of bad advice. Be prepared to get a lot of that in Europe, where everyone walks everywhere at a pace unseen in California. This is why they get to eat pastries all the time, and we don't. (laughs) So, trying to put a little bit of humor in there with, uh, uh, you know... To magnify the issue and, you know, let people stay lighthearted about the issues they may face or challenges about mobility.
0: That, of course, is our guest today, Francine Falk-Allen, reading from her new book, No Spring Chicken, Stories and Advice from a Wild Handicapper on Aging and Disability. There's sincere effort and energy you hear from Francine Falk-Allen and lots of great advice today. More to come, Francine Falk-Allen will share with us an informative guide to living your best and longest life, whatever your physical challenges and age. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show Healthy Aging September Month Special Program via internet phone, Francine Falk-Allen. Francine Falk-Allen, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you so much.
0: It's great to talk to you. Thank you very much for your reading. We've just listened to that. I enjoyed it. I know our audience will enjoy it as well, as they will enjoy your new book, No Spring Chicken. I I love that name, and and I want to get into that. But first, I always like to check, you're doing well, your family, everybody doing okay during this, uh, you know, kind of post-COVID, maybe right in the middle of some of these breakthrough conditions, but... uh, Just want to wish you the best and hope that all's well.
1: Thank you. Yes, we're doing fine. My husband and I um, are being careful still. Um, We do go to restaurants if they have a patio outside. We keep our masks on until we eat. If we go into a store or whatever, we're still wearing masks. We're both vaccinated, of course. And um, since I'm older, I'm anticipating that I may get a booster in a month or two. So yes, we're we're on top of it. We're starting to see friends a little bit. We've had people here in the backyard, and uh, people who are vaccinated have come through the house a little bit. But we're just being careful, and and we don't want to add to the problem.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear that. I, I can't imagine you ever doing that, but please do be safe and be well, and that's all. That's all good to hear. Well, as you read to us, I I, I noted. Uh, the uh parisian <laughs> influence there the 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 reference to to your having been in, there in paris i know you're a world traveler. the book is about traveling and and other things too but as a polio survivor you you've had kind of an interesting take on traveling and and as i say i do want to get into that but how did you explore during the lockdown and during our covid kind of pandemic were you just at your home kind of in your imagination exploring or Were you able to get out to some places?
1: We actually have gotten out some. I have a a folding scooter, and we put it in the back of the car and then um, try to find places with a paved pathway. So there are a number of places in Marin County that have nice long pathways of a mile or two where we can get outside there's a there's a place that used to be a golf course that has a long paved pathway and it's uh, it's basically like exploring the hills a little bit and um, we're not far from the bay and there's a, a walkway all along the bay that we go and check out the the sea lions and the pelicans and and uh, seagulls and the egrets and and uh, so we get to enjoy the outdoors a little bit that way and there's a civic center park that has a nice long pathway as well so we have gone outside at least on the weekends and we have a nice backyard and with a pool so, you know, we, we're pretty well set as far as getting some outdoor time. We're not stuck inside all the time.
0: You live in one of the prettier parts of the World Marin County. You, you mentioned the Marin Civic Center. I'm from Northern California. I'm, I'm longing to get back there myself, but uh, that all sounds very, very nice. And good to hear that you're getting outside a little bit. I think the fresh air does us all a lot of good. Travel, though, I think it's on everybody's mind because we kind of want to get back to normal, and part of that is to resume, you know, a resumption of our of our of our travel options and opportunities. And and post COVID, you know, during the breakthrough possibilities and the breakthrough cases, you know, there are travel related problems. I think people are um, mask weary. Although, certainly, wherever I go, I encourage mask wearing, and I, I do that always uh, here on on the program. But what, what do you say to people who might feel that way, that they're just not quite ready to kind of get out there? How would you give them some inspiration, maybe, and what kind of guidance might you have?
1: Well, um, one thing we did was rent an RV last uh, September, and we traveled over uh, to um, Utah and saw some of the national parks. And we we for me it was rather rough because we uh, we had an RV that had a difficult setup and I didn't really realize how difficult it was going to be until we got going. But the people we caravanned with we we quarantined together for a couple of weeks before we uh, took this trip and they had one RV and I had the other. I mean we had the other, so theirs was really easy. Their shower was easy to get in and out of, and the steps were easy to get in and out of the of the RV. And the one that we chose we chose for particular reasons that we would have you know, darkness in the sleeping area, but it turned out that everything else was really difficult. So, so I think that RVs can be really great. I would recommend um, trying one just for a weekend and um, make sure that all of the setup is really easy for you. Um, ours had cupboards that were all too high, and I'm short. <laughs> so, so that's one way people can travel. And and I have known several people who have said that they are flying again, um, and. and And that's a thing to be really cautious about. And I think as far as masks go, we may be tired of it, but we're not done with it. So it's it's a small price to pay for getting out and uh, just being careful around people you don't know, especially people who aren't vaccinated. So uh, and, and again, I highly recommend that people go to local parks and just get out and take a walk in their neighborhood because it's not only refreshing to be out in the fresh air, but um, it helps your perspective. Um, I think when you get out of the house and, and get a little exercise, if you're you're able to, it's uh, uh, regenerative for your mind as well. I mean, it it helps you to remember that there are a lot of good things in life, even if you feel like you're stuck inside too much.
0: Well, thank you for that. Your excellent book, No Spring Chicken, talks about Aging and the physical difficulties that come about as we age, irrespective of our of our own physical condition, we just do face some of these challenges. I, I love the title "Dose no Spring Chicken," and you refer to yourself in the title as the wild. Handicapper also really good makes me smile to hear that. Tell us what that means to you, the wild handicapper.
1: Well, I know that some um, disabled people feel that uh, using "handicapped" is is a negative term, and I've never felt that way about it. And I didn't even know that uh, the disability rights people preferred uh, "person with a disability" until about three years ago. Even though I've had a disability all of my life, and I appreciate their stance on that. I do see that there is a difference, but I felt Like the wild handicapper sounded like a bird that still had flights of fancy in it, even though it might have some physical difficulty. And that's the way I feel about myself. And I know that a lot of older people feel like they don't want to be treated like their lives are almost over. They still have a lot going on and, and, Uh, They want to be able to get out and spread their wings a little bit. So that's why I I use that. The subtitle is fully stories and advice from a wild handicapper on aging and disability. And I didn't mean it to be uh, aging with a disability so much, although that's my issue. But most people, as they age, start to have at least wonky knees or a sore hip or bad back or something like that. Um, Not everyone does, but most people have something that uh, has them be more limited than they were before. And I want to encourage people to continue to take care of themselves and uh, get as much exercise as is realistic and eat well and keep their weight down and uh, enjoy their lives.
0: Mm -hmm. Especially these days. Yes, definitely. I agree. Well, we've talked a little bit about... um, kind of traveling close to home, and, um, and you mentioned getting an RV. What about kind of far-flung travel? What about some of the international uh, travel that's, that's available to us now kind of post-COVID? I know there are some countries that are locking down, but what are some of the best countries for older adults to visit now?
1: Well, gosh, um, I love Canada. I mean, it's wonderful. I mean, you could take the Rocky Mountaineer all through the Canadian Rockies, and that's a beautiful trip. And uh, it's only like three or four days, and you can be in Vancouver, which is a lovely city. If Canada's letting people in just now, I'm not 100% certain if they are. And we really hope to go back to England. We we like the outdoors, so we particularly love Ireland and Scotland. Those are some of the most scenic countries in the world. And I find that any country with a big city, if they're letting you in, is a good place to go because they tend to have flat sidewalks, even though they may have cobblestone streets, uh, and it makes it easier to get around. And you can always take taxis. I always recommend to people, you know, don't try to take a lot of cheap trips. Take one expensive one (laughs) where you can pay for taxis and that sort of thing and you'll have a much better time rather than making it difficult for yourself if you do have a mobility issue at all. Um, Sometimes the mobility issue is simply fatigue and that you you may be able to still walk a certain amount of distance but You tire more easily than you did when you were in your 30s or 40s. So um, I think that not packing too much into a trip is is a really great idea. I mean, we love Paris, and we've been to um, cities in Germany, and a lot of them are actually very easy to get around in. And and if you're going to go someplace in the great outdoors, of course you have to consider renting a car or... um, uh, taking, you know, a group van or something like that to to go see sites that are away from the cities. But um, I love the UK. I love Ireland and Scotland, and uh, we do love France, um, even with its uh, small amount of issues about uh, distances and that sort of thing. But if you're realistic about it, you can have a lovely time there.
0: We'll be right back with more in our September is Healthy Aging Month Special interview with Francine Fall Gallen, so please stick around. Hey, it's Paul. You know, there's just so much going on in the world, but I am super excited about traveling again, about being outside, about enjoying the community around me. You can't always control the vibes out there, but you can always control the vibes in your head, especially with a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds in your ears. And the new everyday earbuds look feel and sound better than ever with an improved rubber oil look and feel super comfortable in my ears and optimized gel tips for the perfect in-air fit these are impressive even before you start listening you get three new sound profiles To make sure everything you're listening to sounds the best with just the right amount of bass. There's the pure mode, the balanced mode, and the bass mode. Personally, I love music, as you know from the radio show that we do, so I use the balanced mode, but you can test out each and pick what's precisely right for you. There's also an all-new awareness mode for when you need to listen to something around you. Raycons offer 8 hours of playtime and a 32 hour battery life. There's also a built-in mic, and you can take calls on your earbuds at the press of a button. Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. Trust me on this. And Raycons come with a 45-day happiness guarantee. So right now, our Not Old Better Show listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash not old better. All this is going to be in our show notes, but that's buyraycon.com slash not old better to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash not old better. Thanks everybody. And we're back with Francine Falk Allen. Francine Falk Allen has written a new book No Spring Chicken Stories and Advice from a Wild Handicapper on Aging and Disability. Francine Falk Allen has written the book as an informative guide to living your best and longest life, whatever your physical challenges and age. I just encourage our audience to check this out. It's just really wonderful. We've talked about some of the countries. Maybe you can drill down and tell us. Because I know within each of the countries there are airports that are might might be a little bit more accessible. There are hotels. You referred to the RV as having you know high cabinets. You probably have taken some of this into account as you're dealing with some of this these travel issues and some of the travel um, uh, hotspots that that you're frequenting. About what are some of the best ones out there that can accommodate? Um, our older audience and and those that might be physically challenged.
1: Um, I, as I said before, I find that cities are really great, um, particularly hotels that have elevators. Uh, we never stay in bed. And, well, I shouldn't say we never stay in bed and breakfast anymore. Uh, we haven't done a Airbnb because a lot of foreign places, particularly cities that are more crowded, um, have a lot of stairs, and that doesn't work for me. Uh, I mean, I can do a few stairs, but if I have to climb a full uh, Full flight of stairs several times a day. Um, it's really not appropriate. So, um, the, one of the main things that I look for is hotels that have elevators. And there are guidebooks. I like the Rough Guide. I like uh, Lonely Planet. That will tell you if there's a lift in the uh, in the establishment or not. And um, I, I love Paris. I think Paris is a lovely city, and it's it's a nice place to just sit around, if you go to a park, I mean, get yourself a, uh, a latte and, you know, watch the kids play or listen to some music. A lot of times in Parisian parks and other parks around the United States too, there will be, um... You know, people playing music, and that's that's just a lovely thing. One time we were in Barcelona, and we went to Park Güell, and there was a flute player up in the um, area where they generally uh, do concerts, and it was just amazing that it had such incredible acoustics. So I think it's important to plan ahead. Make sure you're in a place that's going to be easy for you, where there is transportation Close by, and um, there's a place to eat that's close by, either in the hotel or or very close by, because you don't want to have to walk two blocks to get your breakfast. So you check those things out in advance, and then when you get there, be willing to be flexible, because things are going to change. You may think you want to see one thing, and it turns out that it's too much walking in one day, so you just cut that from the agenda, and you decide to see something else. But um, another one is Washington, D.C. You and I had talked about D.C. before, and that's a lovely city to visit. It has so many museums. And most museums now have um, wheelchair. Uh wheelchairs that they will loan you so that you can um, have someone push you around if you don't have your own scooter or wheelchair. And that's a, a really good option if you can't stand up for long periods of time. Chicago has wonderful museums and um, a lot of hotels that have great restaurants. So um, there, there are a lot of cities that I recommend to uh, to visit.
0: You You just have this really wonderful style and and a nice sense of humor, I found, too. And and you've, you've used that a little bit with us today in, in your reading. But you've also faced some setbacks when traveling. And I wondered if you'd tell us maybe some of the funny stories that you've encountered that might have evolved a few of the setbacks, but you just kept going. You just kept traveling. And that's kind of, you know, a good message for all of us.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we've had some things that were pretty interesting. Um, One time in Paris we went to um, the Museum of Modern Art and um, we did get a wheelchair there and I had to give up a piece of identification. They asked for my passport and um, I, I said, I don't think so, let me give you my driver's license. So they stuck it in a little drawer And then it was about 10 minutes before closing, I used the restroom, and then we went to turn in the wheelchair and pick up my license, and they could not find it. They couldn't find it, and we had to take out everything in the drawer, and it was stuck up alongside of the drawer. So that took us right up to closing time, and I said, can you call us a cab? Uh, So we can get back to our hotel, and she says, "Oh no, 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 ma'am, that's it. You can get a cab just right close by." And I said, "Well, how far is it?" She said, "It's very close." And she's pushing us down the stairs. They're marble steps. I'm on crutches, and it's raining outside, and we didn't have. mobile phones then and of course now that you would you want to get um uh, international access when you travel when you have a mobile phone that's really important and now that's what we do and we would have called a cab but so I crutched down the street and we thought where is this cab stand that she's telling us about And I had to be really careful cuz it was raining and I was on crutches we're walking we're walking we're walking it was like two or three long blocks we get to a corner and um Uh, rich is trying to flag down a a cab and none of them will stop and finally this really nice guy stopped he had a a van full of passengers and he said there's a cab stand it's another block or two and that's why no one's picking you up so we walked another block or two in the rain and it was a good quarter mile (laughs) by the time we got there so that was that's another illustration of um People in foreign countries thinking, oh, it's it's really close, and it's a quarter mile. You know, that for me is not close, especially on crutches in the rain. But it was kind of funny, and we learned our lesson. We We're really careful about that stuff now. We make sure we have a ride.
0: <laughs> well, I also think it's really a good point. To check with your cell phone provider and make sure to alert them to international travel to get that option for international travel, because you could really save some money and not have to pay for stateside uh, uh, related phone costs. So definitely. Oh yes, a good it's mention.
1: very expensive. It's expensive enough, but yeah. it's not mm-hmm. as expensive if you do that. Otherwise, you can get a, a a phone specific to each country that you go into when you go over there. But that's kind of. You know, you don't want to spend your time shopping for necessities like that when you go on a trip. You get it handled in advance, and then you'll be
0: happy. I think one of the things that many in our audience are excited about is traveling with grandchildren. I think that that is uh, a fun thing for many, many people to do. And so I wonder if you'd share with us some of the considerations to keep in mind when you travel with grandchildren, because I know that's on people's minds right now.
1: Oh, well, I'm not an authority on that, because I don't have any kids, so I don't have any grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. We don't have any grandkids yet either, so I'm I'm looking for some advice, friends. <laughs>
1: I'm sure there are people who have done it who, I mean, I think, I think with kids the most important thing is to take them to a place where they don't have to be quiet and they have room to run around because <laughs> that's what I notice is that children have um shorter attention spans and they uh you know you, if you're going to take them to a museum it better be interactive so that's my, my very brief and inexperienced advice. I've, I've <laughs> camped with kids, and that's really fun. you know. Ah, okay, and At yeah. Yosemite, yeah. they have tons of things to do, so that's an easy place to take children on a camping trip if you still are able to camp.
0: Yes, Yosemite is one of the beautiful spots of the world, too. It's, uh, of course, a Northern California favorite of, of ours, of our families. You have a bunch of great resources. That you mention in the book, and and uh, they're there in the back of the book. I wondered if you'd talk a little bit about some of those resources that uh, are there for readers, but certainly I I think our audience would benefit from hearing from maybe one or two of those. Well,
1: some some of what I have are uh, travel resources, but I also have um, uh, some a, f- a short list of organizations that are related to disability, Um, there are polio groups in there, although I realize there's only maybe less than a half a million polio survivors in the United States anymore, but there are some in other countries. But there are other organizations about disability, Um, AARP is a really great resource, and um, Abilities.com is another organization. They hold Abilities Expos every year, which um, they uh, they have them in an unlimited number of cities in the United States, but big cities, and they're worth traveling to. They have... Uh, uh, displays of equipment and, uh, examples of resources. And the Arthritis Foundation is really good too. Um, not only for people who have arthritis, but they have a lot of tips on how to manage pain, which can be from other sources besides arthritis. There's the National Council on Aging. There's lots of, lots of stuff. And then I have, um, sports organizations for, uh, people that, um have any kind of disability or or physical challenge and there's a section on different types of scooters so there's a lot of stuff in there
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no there's a lot of stuff i really was I, I what i i suppose what jumped out to me and and for our listeners in in Arizona um the national Odd Shoe Exchange I thought was fascinating. It's in Chandler, Arizona and you can buy mismatched shoes. I think as I've gotten a little older my feet are a little different, you know than they're not. I wear probably a 10 and a 10 and a half. I could go probably either way <laughs> but knowing that I might need a mismatched shoe was important for me. <laughs> I think maybe others in our audience might like to hear that too.
1: Yeah, National Odd Shoe Exchange hooks people up uh, with partners who have the opposite problem. Now, see, I have four sizes mm-hmm. difference in my feet, so that's a big deal for me. Okay. But okay. yeah, what definitely. I have found is um to either get my shoes from Zappos or Nordstrom because uh Nordstrom will split pairs. Oh. So if you have a shoe that's a half size or one size different from the other, I mean, a foot that's a slightly different size, they will let you um, get two pair and return the ones that you're not wearing and only pay for one pair of shoes for the more expensive pair whatever. Usually for most people, it would be the same price for both pair. But if you you walk into a Nordstrom, they'll let you do that. They'll let you um, split the pairs. And if you uh, buy from them online, then you send back the shoes that you're not going to wear and they give you a credit for one pair of shoes. And I understand that Zappos is now starting to do that too. What I have done most frequently is buy my two pair from Zappos and uh, and then I donate the other pair to the National Odd Shoe Exchange. I don't know that they actually sell shoes, but their purpose for decades was to hook people up with people who had the opposite uh, size problem. So if you have, if you wear a 10 on your left foot and a 10 and a half on your right, they'll hook you up with somebody that's just the opposite so that um, you can trade shoes directly with them without you know paying money. But um, I haven't found that they've been able to hook me up with anybody in the last couple of decades. So I just buy my shoes and then donate the other pair.
0: Well, Francine Falk, Alan, we so appreciate your time. I just have one final question. I think all of us in our audience are interested in... Um either being advocated for or being advocates ourselves. Interested, I think, in, in activism, too. And you have a whole chapter on activism and advocacy. And I wondered if you'd just maybe a little bit of a departure from kind of the the gist of the book, but perhaps tell us what you do and, and, and why you do that and what we can all do to be a little bit more active and – uh and advocate for ourselves and perhaps even advocate on behalf of others?
1: Well, I think the most important thing is to uh, say what you need and not be shy about it. I think that a lot of times, particularly older people, maybe older women more than older men, I'm not sure about that, um, are shy about saying, you know, I can't walk that far anymore. I'm going to need you to slow down. Or um, I would like to shorten our hike and go someplace else and then sit and have a cup of coffee or something like that. A lot of times people are shy about telling their family that, or maybe that they need more help at home. And so that's the first thing, is to uh, take personal responsibility for the changes in your body, because that happens to everyone. And it's it's something that other people need to know, people that are close with us need to know uh, what our difficulties are. And that doesn't mean a litany of complaints, but that's the first thing. That's the personal advocacy and in my case um i was having difficulty finding any doctors locally who knew anything about polio whenever i would have an issue and a lot of polio survivors start to have more fatigue and weakness and and some pain as they age more so than other people do because we've worn out our bodies, compensating for any weakness or paralysis that we might have. So I couldn't find doctors, and I discovered that there was a a polio survivors group um, in the next county up, and they were about to close down because most of them were too tired to run a group anymore. So I went up there and went to their swan song luncheon, and I collected names of people who were still interested in meeting, and some of them had come from my area as well, had been driving up there to go to the meetings, and I started a support group, and I have instructions in the book about how to start a support group and also about how to find one. And uh, so we meet quarterly, and of course, since COVID, we've been meeting on Zoom, which some people like and some people have refused to do. We're hoping to have maybe a hybrid meeting when things open up a little bit more, if I can find a place that will give us internet access. (laughs) So uh, I I did that, and that's been very helpful. We have, in Marin County, we have about 40 members in the group, although probably only 10 or 12 actually come in person, but we do stay connected, and we compiled a list of doctors who are willing to learn about polio or already know something about it, so that was very helpful for the group. And um, then the other thing, I I was um, invited to be on the ADA Accessibility Committee for our city, and we look uh... on a quarterly basis we meet and we've been meeting on zoom as well we look at issues around the county that um... in uh, there are that are problems for uh... disability related things something as small as the uh... handicap bathrooms or disabled bath- bathrooms don't have a low enough coat hook in them so the contractors who put those things in need to know that a person in a wheelchair cannot reach a hook that's clear up high which is essentially you know installed for a man. And then another thing that we have looked at is um, sometimes contractors, when they put in those those uh, bumpy ramps,, um, they put them in like all the way across driveways and that is not required by the Americans with Disabilities Act. You're only supposed to have an area that's like a walkway wide. And the thing is that people who have walking difficulty often trip on those bumps. <laughs> so so uh, we're in the process now of communicating with uh, contractors to let them know that it's not necessarily true that if some is good, more is better. So there are often, um, uh, ADA uh, committees in, in different cities that you can contact and you can say, you know, there's no handicapped uh, parking at this uh, doctor's office and it would be really great if there was at least one disabled parking space and uh, and you can get things changed by uh, finding out who's responsible and, and who's willing to help you out in, in that regard. So those are the other some suggestions that I have about advocacy for uh, mm-hmm. disability.
0: Thank you so much. And thank you so much for your generous time today. You just you have such a great attitude, a great sense of humor, and, and you just have been a great resource for us today. The book is excellent. Again, it's titled No Spring Chicken Stories and Advice from a Wild Handicapper on Aging and Disability. Francine Falk Allen's been our guest today. Francine Falk Allen was voted one of the 25 women making a difference in 2019. Congrats to all the things that you're doing, and, and thank you so much for your time today, and thanks for all the great work that you're doing. But uh, I'd love to stay in touch with you and have you back on the program because I just think you really, you're really you doing this right. You're doing it well, and, um, and I think we need to hear from people like you and, and be inspired a little bit. So thank you, Francine Falk-Allen.
1: Well, thanks, Paul. I really appreciate the opportunity to be with you. It was nice spending time.
0: My thanks to Francine Falk-Allen for her generous time with us today. Hopefully, you've been inspired because as we age, we all begin to have physical difficulties to contend with. My thanks to Raycon Everyday Earbuds for sponsoring today's show. Please check out the Raycon Earbuds link in our show notes and support our sponsors. My thanks to our wonderful Not Old Better Show audience. Please be safe. Politely encourage vaccinations to those who aren't. And let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show Healthy Aging Month Special. Thanks, everybody.